Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and all things recruiting to help you harness your own inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today on the podcast is a recruitment legend, leadership coach, and host of the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast, Mr. Chris O'Connell. And Chris is a recruiting industry vet who grew his own firm to 25 million pounds, right? We don't say dollars here. And for personal reasons, which we'll dive into in a little bit more later in the show, Chris stepped away from that budding business to work on himself. And it's a pretty incredible story. And today, Chris has come back from that place of necessary self-improvement as a new man and now helps others other leaders to do the same. I am pleased to have someone who isn't afraid to get their hands dirty doing the work, and that work is self-improvement. So let's not wait any longer. My buddy Chris, welcome to the show, sir. Well, man, an intro and a half. Didn't expect that. Thank you so much. We uh, we met in London recently, which was fantastic. You've been on my show, and I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 let's talk about that for a moment here. The the magic of, of of meeting in real life. Chris and I go go back a bit on LinkedIn, and that's the power of the network and the power of really what LinkedIn is all about is bringing real relationships to life. And we met in London this this past July, uh, about six weeks back from when we're recording right now in mid August uh, at the uh, Disrupt HR London event. We went out uh, after afters for a fun little night, which we'll keep to ourselves. We had a fun little <laughs> night out, a little soiree with with my wife and our good friend Rebecca. Hollis and we had a great time there. Uh, showed me a little bit of the town, and I'm and I'm thankful for these guys and, and happy to have them on the show. So, Chris, I know you a bit. My my tribe does not, and I think it's really important to to hit that rewind button and to give yeah. everyone a little bit of background. And us recruiters, we like to chat a bit. So, have at it. Give everyone else here your, your backstory, and I will put the slam break stop sign up in your face when we're ready to pause that and dig in, man. Thank you, man. Um, there's two sides to my story. I'll, I'll do the recruitment bit, but there's a bit beyond that as sure. well. Um, so we'll start at S3. I started at S3 in 1998 as a 21 year old. Um, that organization, most people will know, has about 4,500 consultants worldwide across uh, 20 countries and 60 offices, 1.3 billion pound business um, I walked in there very shy kind of uh, started out as a resourcer and a researcher um, worked my way up there became a uh, the worldwide uh, the UK top bidder and then the worldwide top bidder placing contractors and just loved loved the art of recruitment so yep. in that five year space um, made them about 15 million pounds um, left there set up my own business in 2003 got that to 100 staff 25 million pounds annual turnover 14 industry awards, uh, three offices, 30, yeah, and we just knocked, absolutely knocked the doors off. That was a brilliant business. Um, and then I sold that through private equity, but the transaction went wrong. 
And I had three to four years of depression, uh, anxiety, um, mental health issues, suicide attempts. I lost um, my seven houses. I lost, um, got divorced. I lost access to my children. And it was a dark, dark time. Right. And then I came back on uh, onto LinkedIn uh, on a webinar. Let's, and let's, 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 pa- let's, pa- let's yeah. pause there. Let's, 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 let's pause there and hit the brakes for a moment there. I mean, I, I know your story personally. And, and there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. And, 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 and I want to start with, with recruiting itself. And I think it's really important. We really don't talk about it. Re- recruiting mm-hmm. is a, a, a mind fuck. Recruiting really is a mind fuck pr- profession because you are dealing our our product, our people, and I mean that in the nicest way. And people are the ultimate X factor. We can't control people's final decisions. We cannot control whether somebody next to who you spend your time with in a relationship, next to your kids, next to deciding, you know, yeah. where you want to live in life. I mean, your profession is, is is right up there, and we can't control that. And it is a beyond stressful job, a beyond stressful career, and especially when you're responsible for running that business and you have folks that work underneath you and it's a numbers game and it can be mentally draining. I mean, I know in my early days of recruiting and even now, like there was points where I, I hit walls and I went through them and it could, and it could be taxing. So mm-hmm. I just want everyone, let's spend a minute and just talk about the nature of the recruiting business and why it's so stressful from your point of view, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like selling a pen, a book, a car or an animate object. You know, a person can change their mind at any point. They're very unpredictable, the client, the candidate. Um, and you have to have lots of process. You have to have lots of organization. You have to have resilience and you have to have EQ as well. And I, th- I think there's only a certain amount of the population that can do recruitment well. And I, and I maintain this. It's, it's, it, it is one of the hardest sales jobs out there for that very reason, I think. And, 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 and I always say there's an art and science to recruiting. And when I got into recruiting, and I'm not here to tell my story because everyone's heard it at nauseum at this point, <laughs> but I had to learn both sides of it. And it's one of those professions too where anybody thinks they could do it, but that's the complete opposite. It's like, oh, I could be a real mm. estate agent because I sold a house once and I did some contracting and all of a sudden I'm a fucking yeah. real estate broker. That's that's not the way yeah. this profession works. And especially when you're running it from a, a business perspective and really understanding you know, margins, profit margins, and, and, and managing and leading people. So my question, because I want to talk about the mm. recruiting side for a moment here, what does success not look like in recruiting? Success is not look like, well, you can't get anywhere in this industry, well, in most industries without um, working hard. So you, you can't cut corners in, 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 this, in this sector. And um, I think that um, success looks like consistency. It looks like hard work, looks like dedication. And it's the opposite of those that isn't success. So, I mean, you can have a good month, right? But you have to start again. So you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to be prepared for the long haul. You you got you can't give up. You've got to you've got to continue and be resilient. So I mean, I think it might take you a few um, months or even years to actually master this. And I think it's it's expecting the unexpected as well. Anything can happen. So I think that um, clients are now cr- crying out much more for quality because they understand the pain and the cost of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. So anyone can can you know whack CVs over to a client, but I think a good recruitment consultant understands what a client wants, not just putting that bomb on the seat, but understanding what problem they're solving. I think that's important as well. 
Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And let's talk about the moment of impact for you. When when did it all come crashing down? I know it was a culmination over a period of time, but was it that one day or a couple of days when your world fell apart? Take us, if you don't mind, take us back to that moment because I truly, truly believe and that the treasure is in the shit pit. The treasure is it when you're at your lowest, Chris, and you have to hit rock bottom because that's the purest foundation to build up from. And you didn't see it now. You didn't see it when you were there, yeah. right? When you're down there, you're like, shit, this is the worst time of my life. I'm contemplating, you know, ending it all. Take us take us back to that, if you don't mind. Sure, definitely. Well, there's there's probably been three or four at least. Um, the first one that springs to mind when I was actually in a pub lock-in with my friends. Um, and God knows what time it was during the morning. And I had just, just this... At this moment in time, I hadn't seen my kids, my, my eldest son for six months. And the feeling that overcame me was just a feeling of loss, bereft. I, mean, I just I just, I just, just felt rock bottom. I just thought lost in my life, you know, and that really, really hit home. And I, I, it's a very indescribable feeling what it's like not to see your children. And um, that was due to the breakdown of my, um, of the loss of my business as well. I think... Um, I think I think probably the the day after I kind of lost my business where I think I was watching daytime TV and kind of like the day before I was this Southwest entrepreneur of the year 30 million pound very rena- renowned CEO of of a large business and that had all gone and it was like being hit by a wrecking ball in kind of like what the fuck am I going to do now with my life and that was a very, very dark moment. And just, and that lasted for years. I just felt very lost and very kind of, um, almost the shame of it as well. It was very, very hard to describe that. Let's, I think, uh, um, yeah. Let's pause on that. And you, and you said a word and I didn't mean to interrupt you. Actually, I did mean to interrupt you. That's what I do as a podcast host here, but I do it for a reason. And I want to talk about the word shame. And I want to talk mm. about what that feels like. Cause I've been there too, man. When I, when I lost my job and I got fired, there was a shame, there was a stigma that went that I failed, that I failed, that I let my wife down, that I let my kids down, that I let my friends down, that that I failed. Yeah. And I carried that with me for a couple of years into my pivot into the world of recruiting when I went into recruiting that you were coming out of uh, until I was in a point where I felt proud of what I was doing. And that was really fucking hard for me to internalize and work through mm. of shame. The stigma that goes yeah. with failure, letting people down, getting fired. How did you work through the shame part? Well, I think only up until recently. I, I, I think it, I mean, I'm 45 now, mate. And I, I left the family home three or four years ago. And it's only, only really the last two or three years where I started to have the opportunity to work on myself. So when I, when I moved out of the, the, the home and moved into a two-bedroom apartment on the river, from a seven bedroom or six bedroom mansion kind of thing. It was kind of like the best thing that could happen to me because I could work on all these things. And actually it was, it was, it was, it was, it soon dawned on me. It wasn't just the business that I lost. It was, it was, I was, I was an abandoned child. I had, I was abused when I was younger. I was, I, I had a fucked up kind of, I had a fucked up relationship throughout my personal life had been pretty terrible. So it, I think it was, the sh- it was, it, even though I built this massive business, I never felt any sense of pride or worthiness. I, di- I didn't see it as an achievement. It was just this bizarre thing that no matter what I did, 10 million, 15, 20, 25, 30, okay, nothing was ever good enough. And I would, I would, I would you know, I would, I would win an award and I'd be, I'd be proud. But, mm. I, and I think when that all came crashing down, it was kind of like, 
who I thought were my friends w- turned into these enemies that actually wanted to bring me down. Mm. And there's only a couple of people that surprised me, actually, that kind of stood by me. And when, when I started to come back, they all started to come back. It was a very interesting chapter in my life. So dealing, to answer your question, sorry, to, uh, on the shame thing, I think, I think it was a process of just working hard on myself, not giving a fuck what people think and, and understanding the most important thing is what I think. And just doing the work, man. Just doing, listen to podcasts, exercising, doing the right diets, talk to myself positively. Self-care, man. Shutting, shutting people away that weren't good for me. Just a whole myriad of stuff, mate, basically. Well, kudos kudos for you for, for taking that and the road to recovery, working on yourself. But then you had to get back to business. You had to get back to figuring out how to put food on the table and, and take care of your boys. Mm-hmm. Um was there even a thought of going back down the recruiting path or was like, hey, listen, I have a, uh, a number of skills, I have another number of strengths that I'm good at and there's other areas uh, professionally that I want to proceed through and, and give a shot? I mean, I thought about it probably every hour of every day. If I wanted to, I probably could, but because I think, I think, and if I did, I would have knocked it out of the park and that's not me being big headed, but I think it was the shame. I think it was the fact that I've already done that kind of thing it didn't really excite me and i just and i also knew how how fucking difficult it is to build a recruitment business from scratch so mm. and i thought hang on a second i've been there and i've done this what can i do so i i, I was invited by um andrew silito onto linkedin um to do a, a talk on anything i wanted i chose vulnerability and leadership and it went really well and that was really my pivot back into the sector where I started to talk about my story in a very open and vulnerable way. I started to get a few clients from it and I started to think, actually, why don't I start advising people how to do their business? And in the last three years, man, as you can see on LinkedIn, I've, I've blown up. I've got a massive portfolio. I've got equity in some businesses. I'm an NED to 12 different businesses and I love it. And I see that as a, I see that as, as a, a, a step up to running my own business because it's, it's another level. It's an advisory piece, my podcast host. And I'm the sort of person that I want to be able to grow. I think just doing another recruitment business, it wasn't enough, wasn't enough for me. It's so interesting too. We get to points of our life too, that we never even kind of envisioned, right? There was probably a point when you were, you know, top biller and running these businesses. You're like, I'm doing this forever, man. Like shit, I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm going to retire early, you know, have that, the house in the country, all that kind of good stuff and the white picket fences and the horses and all that kind of shit. But the truth is we get to a point and, you know, we, we land somewhere where maybe we didn't expect to be, but we're also very thankful and grateful and say, shit, I couldn't be in this position right now if I didn't have all those experiences, if I didn't have all those wins, yes. I didn't have all those failures, because that is what gives you the power that you yeah. have today to be successful in your consulting piece. I want to go back to another word that kind of stands out in my head, the light bulb was off, is vulnerability. Why do you think it's so hard for men in, in our kind of age bracket, this we'll call it 37 to you know 50, at, we have families yeah. and stuff, to be vulnerable? Is there a stigma I behind it? What are your thoughts on Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the way that society has indoctrinated that. So, the, you know, it is about a man going out to win the bacon and, uh, and and the woman stays at home. It's changed now, but men are indoctrinated to kind of be, be the strong person and, you know, earn the money and not show emotion. And that's how we've been taught, how we've been managed, how we've been parented, how we've been educated. Even the recruitment sector, it's like last man standing and all this kind of stuff. And I think oh, yeah. that... I think I think that actually um, what I'm pleased about is that I think the wheels are turning, and I think I think men and society in general are realizing that 
it takes courage to cry. And you saw that thing on LinkedIn recently about the CEO crying, I'm sure, um, and being vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I think there's a long way to go. But I think that we all have men and women, but both have masculine and feminine energy. And I think it's, it's knowing when to use the energy at the appropriate time. And it, it doesn't make you a better leader by being dictatorial and shouting and, and being demonstrative. A good leader has to have a range of skills and knows, needs to know which leadership hat to wear, when and to whom. So that could be, you could be empathetic, you could be courageous, you could be really forthright, you could be ruthless. And it's about having having all those skills, not just one style. It's so interesting too. And 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 I mean, I'm not even going to get into that LinkedIn post because I, I think it's I think it's, it's horseshit there. But, you know, we talk about men crying and sharing. Um, I'm a big crier. I I. I am very emotional. Right. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm proud of that, right? And I want to show my kids that yeah. too, my son and my daughter, that it's okay for men to cry, for men to be open and vulnerable yeah. and set that and, and set that example. And I think it's a generational thing as well. Something that gets passed on from our, our fathers and the experiences that we have. Um, and I'm not going to sit you down in the therapy chair and go too deep into, into your, into your childhood, Chris, but as a parent mm. of, of two boys, right? Um, yeah. How, how are you through this rebirth that you're having? How is it affecting your approach to parenting for two sons? Well, um, I'm actually a parent to three sons, and I'll explain why I said two. But to take you back, as I said, I would um, very quickly. I was um, I was two. My brother was three. We lived in a caravan, or as you might say, a trailer back then. So we had no money. My dad came home from work after the night shift. My mum found me naked, hanging out the caravan window. My brother raided the fridge. So my mum had left us and abandoned us. Jeez. Hadn't seen us since, right? And then my my dad married and. Um, <clears throat> She she abused me. So the first the first the first two female figures, the first two mothers in my life, treated me like absolute shit. So it's almost a good thing to me because there's, that's that's the last thing I ever want to do to my own children as well. So I think I learn. I think you learn from your own mistakes. You learn from people how not to do things, right? So in my and and then and then to lose my eldest son through parental alienation as well. So when I was gr- lucky enough to get my other two children. I mean, if you look at my Facebook, look at my Instagram, I and mean, that's just that's just the social media side of things. But you, you can tell, and I know that I am. I love my kids. I'm a brilliant dad, and I put my heart and soul into them. And um, they're everything to me. They are my purpose. But when I haven't got them, I put everything into my business. And I think, I think, I think I've learned. When I lost my business, I didn't do that. I put 99.99% of my heart and soul into my business. I lost girlfriends, I lost relationships, I lost my access to my son. So it's about finding that balance. So I'm I'm now effectively running 12 businesses and I've got my kids 50% of the time. So it's about execution. It's about, I think the more you put into your relationships and the stuff you do outside of work, the, bec- the better you execute inside of work. Whereas 100%. I think people think that, oh, if I get this office, or if I get this, this achievement of business, then my home life's got, going to be better. By the time you get there, you're too, you're too burnt out to do anything at home anyway. Hey, everybody. First, I'd like to thank you all for spending time with me and my guest on the podcast. This show is my canvas to showcase amazing people from the world of recruiting, entrepreneurship, and leadership, and unpack their career journeys for everyone to learn from. But this show is also a business generator for me, as well as creating thought leadership and endless amazing content. And I've taken what I've learned in the past three years and over 200 recorded and 100 live shows and distilled it down into a digital playbook that I call the Pause Course. Now you could learn how I build, manage, and produce the podcast and use it to drive real business development and relationships. 
Today, I'm sharing all of my secrets behind the podcast, and you can get it all at thepausecourse.com. This course is for anyone, whether you're starting out or an advanced podcaster using it for B2B or B2C. It's filled with all of my insights, learnings, tips, tricks, and templates. So get it now at thepausecourse.com and learn all my secrets. Thanks. Jesse Itzler said this, and uh, I saw him speak live at VCon, and he said this, and it really resonated with me. It's don't sacrifice what you have now for something you want. And that's a really hard yes. concept because what he's not selling is saying is don't work your ass off so you could do better and do that. He's saying the opposite. If you have a great relationship and you have love with your in, with your partner, your mm. spouse, your children, don't sacrifice this amazingness what you have for something you think more you should have. And that's a t- and that's a tough concept yeah. because we all want to grow, we all want to be more successful. And this is something I face every single day as a solo business owner, solopreneur. Yes. With a small business that I'm growing is I know that I have to put in more time. I have to put in more work. The mo- and for me, I think mm. about money as a fuel. For me, it's money. Money is a fuel for happiness. Yeah. Money is a fuel for me to do better for my family, do more fun things together, make sure we're not in debt, that we're financially secure versus just, you know, stashing it away like Scrooge McDuck and being a greedy bitch. Like, that's not mm. what I'm doing. Yeah. So, how, yeah, do you, yeah. how do you get to this point of your life where it's a, a harmony, where, the, where, the, where your personal and your business and your family could all live together yeah. in a positive direction? Because that's what's so well, fucking hard for us men to do. It is, it is, it is. But I, th- I think I, because I went through that shit and I lost it all, I think I realized what, what was important. So I think I, 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 I've worked, there's, there's six things. If you can see the, the colors behind me in, in my business is business, there's personal development, there's health and fitness, there's relationships, there's finances and there's, and there's, and there's, um, uh, spirituality. So there's those six things. So as an example, over the last two or three weeks, I've put a hell of a lot into my business, but my, my, um, my exercise and my diet has, has, has waned off. So I'm now moving it. So I think, I think what it's about is being in tune with that and understanding and moving and shaking. And um, I think, I think if you haven't got good relationships outside of work, you're not going to have good relationships inside of work. So it's just writing down and thinking about what's important to your life. You know, is it, it's your wife, it's your kids, it's your health, it's all that kind of stuff. How much time this week or this month have I put into any of those? And if it's lopsided, change it because you, you, it will just catch up with you in the end and it's about having a purpose right so well, when i go into my businesses they'll say chris well, we've got 10 people we want to get it to 100 or we've got five million we want to get it to 20. and i say before we even do that why what's the purpose of doing that and more often than not it's not money it's it's they want to spend time with their family and their children and all that kind of stuff and it's about it's just about understanding what's important in life and that takes time on your own looking inward asking some questions what are you grateful for um why are you doing this um when was the last time you were what 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 was the last thing that made you really happy and all these kind of questions and i think the answers lie within basically yeah i love it and and asking yourself those questions too and 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 having time by yourself to to reflect and to pause because a lot of times i feel i mean we're in the same boat here man it's like spinning plates Right, I got to keep the business going. Got to keep relationships going, family yeah. going, health, wellness, friends, social life. Right, and you have all these things going at the same time, and it's stressful, and it's hard. So let me ask you yeah, this: but, but sometimes, mate, you've got to say to yourself, like, I, I've, I've distanced or even ditched ten friends this year because a, they weren't necessarily serving me, and b, to be honest, I didn't, I couldn't have the capacity. And sometimes you've got to go say, look, look, it's not a personal thing. I need, I need to do this. And you've got to be ruthless, right? You got to be ruthless for the things that are important, that are, that are, that are most Im- important to you. So let's, um, 
Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about business and, and leadership and, and some of the stuff that you're working on to now. But before I get to that point, I'd love to hear who's people who people look up to, who are their mentors. So who's been a mentor to you as far as an icon in leadership, both near and far? When I mean near, somebody that you've worked yeah. with in your career and far, somebody that you look up to who, may, who you don't know personally. Yeah. Well, we both know Gary V. I, I, oh, I love him. him. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, who is he? Uh, who is that guy? Uh, there's people like Jay Shetty. There's people like um, uh, Tom Bealy, all those kind of people that, that I like, like and love. But Tom's my I mean, dude. On a sort of, yeah, even on a LinkedIn level, I'm going to mention Amelia Sordell. I mean, she's my personal branding partner, but she's been a good coach and a mentor to me as well in a different capacity. Um, I mean, there's, I actually learned a lot from my kids in terms of humility as well. It's going to sound strange, but in, it, this is going to sound like a strange answer myself. And the reason why I say that is I, I, I'm now listening and learning from myself. And I think that's, that's not in a non-ego way, right? <laughs> I actually respect and understand myself and I start to love myself more. So, um, and I think that's quite a big, a let, big growth area for me. Well, let, well, that's an interesting one too, because it's so funny. I, I, I mean, let's, let's riff on that for a second here. Cause this is, this one's interesting yeah. to me. It's, it's, it's do as I say, not as I do, you know, that all, that all gag. And it's one of those things where I, I listen back to all my shows and my recordings and I'm like, Holy shit, do I actually do what I'm saying I'm doing? Like, am I living that life? And I say yeah, it kind of yeah. laughingly, but, but I do. And, and, I, and I feel confident about that. And if you could say it confidently, well, that's the beauty of what we're doing as podcasters. We're content creators. If we're putting something mm -hmm. out there, let's back it up by action. I think that's a problem right now with so much social media and this whole personal branding movement, which I'll, I'll, I'll you know my thoughts on that. I think yeah. it's complete bullshit. Well, you know. right? But it's, 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 as long as you're being truthful in your authentic self, and that's who you put out there and you understand what reputation means. That's what it's all about. Life, business. Taking it all I, think, I think it's right. I, th I think it's, um, it is about loving yourself. And I know everyone says that, but I think a lot of people in this world are going through the motions. So they're, they're getting up day to day. They're going to work you know, week to week, month to month. I don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. There's no purpose to it. And I, th and I, I used to sit in front of the TV most, most evenings, but now unless I, if I'm not growing in some capacity, I get to, I get frustrated. So it's about what the fuck do you want out of life? Right? So I've got a whiteboard in my bedroom and I've got my, I've got my values on there. I've got some affirmations in there. So as soon as I wake up, I'm absorbing what I want to absorb. I'm learning stuff and I'm growing and I'm, and I'm, I'm being curious and don't get me wrong. You know, I, I'm a podcast host. I'm a leadership coach. I get days of when I'm really nervous. I don't like standing up in front of people doing presentations. I'm just, you know, there's this stuff that I fuck up, but I'm putting myself out there. I want to grow and I want to, I want to develop. And I'm also, you know, I don't thrive on other people's misfortunes as well. And I think there's a lot of that stuff going on on LinkedIn. And, you know, I've cried on LinkedIn. I've been open. Toxic place, and that's just me, man. That's just myself. And if people like it or they don't like it, I don't I don't necessarily care. But I've, I've reached – and for me to say that is quite big. But I've sti I still get these things where – what I'll ask you a question. What is it with humans where you, you get 99% of positivity – and there's one percent of negativity, and we tend to go. We tend to allow the negative. Neg negative, in many cases, is a much stronger energy than positivity in people's minds, and that's the part that yeah. you have to change. Where it's a dynamic that positive energy is stronger than negative energy. And for me, you know, until I had my my moment, my self awareness epiphany when I was 35 years old, I was able, Chris, to feel and sense negative energy coming in a way like in a, some kind of supernatural superpower kind of way 
But when yeah. I changed it and I changed my whole mindset, now I thrive on positivity and I thrive on others' positivity. And that's such a mindset shift when you could be genuinely happy for someone else's yeah. success. When I'm like, mm-hmm. I like, like me and my group of friends, we are, and, and my dude friends and my female friends, yeah. we are so encouraging of each other through life and business and, and, and it builds up speed and it builds up momentum. Yes. But there's still this dark side of me that lives deep at, down inside, inside Adam. I have a dark side. You know, like everyone has a dark yeah. side. When my dark side gets lit up, that shit is powerful and I need to be able to control it. Mm. But when that dark side rears its ugly head, sometimes mm. there's no stopping it and you really got to be mindful of it no matter how hard we work. And that's why you always got to keep things in mind, man, like the positivity. I think that's right. I think I think when, when you're like that, you you well, I'm doing it not for anything back. I'm not expecting things back, but I do, I do believe that when you start paying things forward, you do get, you do get things coming back to you as well. I really do. I really do believe in, without being too spiritual, I do believe in the, in the universe and that kind of stuff working because uh, it's happening to me. When, when I am grateful, when I'm doing the right things, I get, I get it all back. I am deeply, deeply spiritual and believe in faith in the most non-religious way possible. And yeah. for me, that's energy. And I completely agree with you, Chris. I believe in in karma in the deepest way. The energy that you put back out to the to the universe is going to come back to you. You know, and that's really the way I I, I do business. And I may do mm-hmm. ten things for somebody, and of course, in the back of our mind, you're human. You're like, okay, when is this going to come back to me? But if you truly yeah. believe, right, we're always going to be a little cynical. We all are. I don't give a shit what people say. Everyone's a little bit cynical, and a little bit what's in it yeah. for me. If not, you're lying. Right. Of course. But if you put the positive energy out there and you truly believe it's going to come back and you manifest that fucking shit, it's going to come back to yeah. you in spades. It does. And it happens. Right. And I've seen it. You plant your seeds. You plant yes. your seeds. And guess what? Now, they're not all going to sprout. They're not all going to become the big fruit tree that you think that they're going to be. But a couple of them are going to yeah, sprout yeah. and they're going to fucking feed you for a long time. I think you're spot on, mate. We, we, we can all say we're vulnerable, authentic, but ultimately we are all salespeople as well. <laughs> you know, and I think I think we've got to be open about that and honest. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, talking about sales, let's talk about your 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 career pivot and and what you're and what you're doing now. How do you how do you find your clients? How does that come to you? It's all relationship based referrals. Like, let's talk shop for a little bit. Let's let's pull back yeah, the man. kimono. <laughs> well, coming from a hardcore outbound, make a hundred calls, business smile and die, buddy. Like, just get on the phone and, you know, um, I've changed tax and, you know, I, the content that I've been putting out has built my brand and my reputation. So I get 10, 15 good, hard people a week saying they want to do, they want to work with me because of my reputation. And, that, and that, so you've got to keep doing that. So I think it's just over the last two, three, four years, like yourself, it's just building that reputation, doing the right things, putting some good stuff out that people can learn from. And that's how I built it. Yeah, reputation is everything, man. It's really hard on social media. A couple of years back, um, I would, I would, I would, I was kind of standing on my soapbox calling people out for their for their bullshit. Listen, everyone's going to do their thing. Everyone's going to go about their own approach to business on social media in real life and everything. And listen, if they're going to do things the wrong way and build a house of cards, that's on them. Why the hell am I going to put my yeah. my negative energy out there? So I really made that shift. And yes, I'll 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 you know joke around with my friends afterwards. Well, Monday morning quarterback things that you know happen there. But again, it's putting too much negative energy out to the universe and parking that aside. Mm-hmm. It's taking away from my own energy. Yeah, right. And once also, it gets that point. I think that's right. So when I started to get some some business in, I, I went, I probably went in at quite a low daily rate, and I'd probably give all my IP away at the start. So it's that kind of desperation of entering the market. Of but course. now I think I put, I put my prices up three or four times now. When Good. people 
um, ask me what my, my price is. I quote them for it and they can either take it or leave it. And I think that's a confidence thing. It's an evolution thing. But also I think that um, – It's your value. I value. It's the value. Simple as that. You're paying – a lot, a lot of people – Go on. I'm about to say you're paying for, you're paying for my experience – not my years, right? Like you're paying. You're, you're paying for yeah, my experience. 100%. If you not, you get yeah, what you pay for in life. If you can't afford me, yeah, then we're not meant to work together. But also, I mean, a lot of people in in the recruitment sector, as you know, can talk a good game. They, they can they can say they can spout figures and numbers out, but not many people actually build a business to a certain level and get it sold through a private equity and, and do that. And what it's a, it's not an easy thing to do. No, so, I, you know, that's my goal, man. I, I'd love. I'm I'm waiting for that call. I'm waiting for Gary Vee to buy my firm, right? <laughs> and it's gonna happen. He's gonna buy the Jets. He's gonna buy my firm because he just wants to be a nice guy. Yeah. And, and we're gonna kind of go from that. Um, there we go. Where do you see from a leadership perspective? Where do you where do you see common mistakes and deficiencies is it is it a a lack of training is it a lack of mentorship or is it people being forced into positions yeah. via promotion where they're now in a leadership capacity but they're not ready to be there yet i mean where do you see the core deficiencies in organizational leadership i think all, all of the above i think yeah. a lot of the problems the businesses have are with the leadership team and their ego or their inability to delegate or their inability to understand their weaknesses um a lack of clarity and vision as to where they want to go but but also also buying in people externally for them to, to come in and give them a warts and all summary of where they are so i think some leaders they get quite insular you know they they, they don't talk to their competitors or, or or they think their way is the only way and i think the market has changed more in the last five years than it has in the last mm, 15 absolutely. you've got to be curious you've got to be open you've got to look at you, you you've got you've got to look at um, stuff on LinkedIn and do some videos and do, you know you personal it is personal branding to an extent but whatever whatever you want to deem it as you, you you can't get away with just doing what you did five years ago and expecting the same result so I think I think as well um, there's a difference between being a very very successful recruitment consultant and being a, a being a leader it's a completely different skill set and I think most recruitment businesses they promote people on a number. <laughs> but not on not on not on all the other stuff they need to be a leader, and I think it's all, it's understanding the individual, not not the team. Yeah, it's a, it's an absolutely critical difference, and I'm also under the firm belief that not everybody there there's leadership qualities, and then there's actually being a people leader. I think there's a lot of folks out there who are perfectly fine being individual contributors. I knew at my recruitment firms. Those top billers, some of them, they would just want to leave me the fuck alone. Let me do what I got to yeah. do. I want to deliver. Really? I don't want to spend, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to lead people. I'm really good yeah. at what I do. Let me do that and crush numbers. But some of these companies, and we're not just talking about recruitment, they feel the only way to promote somebody is by putting people underneath them. And not everybody's meant to be a people leader. And that's okay. Find other ways to promote. Yeah, yeah and understand what what each individual wants what what their motivations what their drivers and actually don't don't just offer them one route some people might be good at recruitment but then actually be really good at marketing there's there's, there's different roles in your business right um and not sometimes the the founder of the business doesn't make you a great ceo either no just because you found because you started the business doesn't mean you, you're a great ceo so look look at every single aspect the business is more important than you even if even if you're the owner yeah and that's and that's a hard pill to swallow when you're managing ego so let's 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 bring it home here to the back nine here and um What's on your radar? What's a what's a goal, a carrot at the end of the stick as far as the next step in, in your business in this phase of your professional career? Yeah. What's next for you, Chris? I'm really enjoying what I'm doing, but I think that because the transaction that I did didn't materialize in the way that it should have, there's a, there's a sense of I need to re, I need to make that right. You have a chip on your shoulder. So 
So, um, yeah, a few of my businesses are at a stage now where I'm, I'm holding board meetings to get them fit for sale. So we're at that sort of sales cycle. So I've got some getting some equity in those businesses. So when when we eventually do sell, then I can obviously have that reward at the end of it. So that's that's something that I'm really excited about. So having some equity and, and taking some of my clients from cradle to grave and let, letting them get that pot at the end of the rainbow. I think that's going to be very fulfilling for me and for them. Um, like you, I want my podcast to grow. I, I'm loving doing that. Um, I want to do some TED Talks as well because I think my story is very powerful. Yeah. Grow with my children and just have that balanced life where um, I'm enjoying all, all all aspects of it. I love it, man. I love your journey. I love your story. So let's bring it home here. Chris, what's the, what's the single greatest piece of advice that you ever received that you take action on every day? I think... Um, one of them is 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 improve, not impress. I think all too often we're out to try and impress other people. Why don't you just look at improvement? Looking inward and and just even if someone's done the most heinous things to me, what role did I play? And I think it's just that accountability piece, looking at myself first. It's it's everything that I need to have and learn and grow. And the answer is with me. I don't blame anyone for anything. I just blame myself. And that, that kind of looking inward is the most important thing. Yeah, and the accountability is, is clear. And what, what would you say is your, your superpower? What do, you, what do you do better than almost anyone on this planet that makes you who you are? I, I'd, I'd like to say my, my, my vulnerability. I, I, th- I think that I am quite an emotional guy like you. And I just I like to wear my heart on my sleeve. And I just like to be myself. And that doesn't sound very, I don't care what it sounds like, but I, I just, I just, that's real. just my authenticity. Yeah. And, and that's what makes who you are. And, and, and last but not least, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one, but you know, you, you look back on your life and you built up an incredible business and you lost it all. You didn't just lose a business. You lost your family. You lost your kids. You lost everything that was truly important to you. And you were at rock bottom. You were at the bottom of that fucking shit pit, man. And you needed to look up, see the light and crawl foot by foot, hand over fist, figure this shit out and pull yourself up. Chris O'Connell, what is your fire in life? What is your compass? What is your North star? My North star, I believe that every single person on this planet is born with a gift. And I, I believe that my gifts are to teach, guide and mentor and make an impactful legacy on as many people as possible. So my, my North star is to, is to, is to, is to teach and guide people and impart my wisdom and knowledge onto them and make them better people as much as I can before I go. That's beautiful, Chris. I love it. I want to thank you for our friendship, for our relationship, for your time with me and my audience today. I want everyone to check out the purpose led leadership podcast on Spotify and everywhere a great podcast could find where else could folks connect with you? Where could they find you? Where could they learn more? Yeah, the podcast. Thanks for that. Uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm about to launch um, TikTok and also Uh-oh. YouTube as well. Welcome to the world of TikTok. I got my 10-year-old daughter on retainer doing my video editing on uh, <laughs> TikTok. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Chris, you're the man. Can't wait to be back in London soon. Everyone listening, you know where to find out more at thepodcast.com. Follow us on all the social media channels. Remember, sharing means caring. If you like this show, leave a review, a rating. It goes a long way. You know where to find me. Freaking email me, adam at nhptalentgroup.com. Let's freaking chop it up, man. Remember, take care of each other. Look out for one another and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon. Jam-packed with more incredible humans. 
Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.